Um, Eliza Maroney, and uh, on behalf of Savannah and myself, thank you all. Um, this is really becoming an amazing, really sweet treat every single month to host these uh, mixers and panels to learn about new uh, things coming up in the industry, to educate ourselves and to empower each other. So that's really what we're hoping to create tonight. So um, tonight we're gonna be talking about uh, innovation in cannabis and what does that even mean? And so I'm really grateful for our three panels that are here that all have a lot of amazing wisdom to share and some exciting products coming out on the market. Um, but before we get into even the introductions, we have our fishbowl, which is really a thanks to canisters hats <laughs> that I found. Couldn't find a bowl. Um, so each of you, I'm gonna ask you each to draw a question. You may pass on that question, but you'll have to draw another one. <laughs> Please read your question and then let us know what your answer is. Eliza wants to know if my parents or grandparents smoke cannabis. Um, the answer is hard no. <laughs> It worked. 
It's one step up from apples, but you know, I don't know. Anything else, Makai? Have you ever seen anything cool? Uh, I smoked out of the, uh, the piece that you fill a tire with. You broke down on the side of the road, you can still smoke something. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you all for your insight and input. Um, so, everyone, I would like to take a moment to introduce my amazing panelists. Um, to my left, or right, we have Sunny Welsh. Uh, Sunny has over a decade in cannabis management, touching every part of the process from cultivation to purchase. New to the Sacramento area, she currently oversees sales in Northern California for Henry's Original, and is known as an all-around badass. Yeah, that's Sunny. state-of-the-art facility that is the state's first fully licensed cannabis manufacturer focusing solely on premium infused beverage manufacturing. Additionally, he's the co-founder of Canagram, a cannabis delivery startup in the midst of licensure in Sacramento. So welcome, Kai. Thank you. And last, but certainly not least, uh, Mr. Casey Fenwick, a native Angelino from Los Angeles. Casey Fenwick hails from Thousand Oaks, California, and boasts a diverse background in engineering and marketing. He is now the president of Core One Labs, formerly LDS, which is a publicly traded company. Congratulations on that. That is home to several up-and-coming cannabis brands, including Canistrips. It's with passion, it's with a passion for scientific data and development that Fenwick hopes to guide the industry and create a new standard for sublingual, beautiful, mucosal products. Which we will talk more about. <laughs> Welcome, Casey. <laughs> so, we have a very diverse group here, which is really exciting. We're gonna be talking about an array of, of products and within the industry. But I would like to give each of you a chance just to tell us a little bit about yourselves and what brought you into this industry. Sunny, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I'm a farmer at heart. I started a farm in Trinity County with a good friend of mine. And then once I navigated the compliance paperwork that it took to get it licensed, I saw a great need in the surrounding community for some assistance there. And once I was finished helping my friends and neighbors, wanted to have a bigger role in the industry and moved to Sacramento to open the territory for Henry's and uh, make a little policy change. Awesome, thank you so much for being here. Hi. Uh, so, <clears throat> I think like a lot of people, a lot of legacy uh, uh, operators, I started by selling weed to my friends and um, <laughs> then I got into cultivation and, and fell in love with the plant uh, you know, at a different level and you know, I've, I've kind of had my hands in just about every aspect of the industry so far, and um, yeah, that's, that's how I got started. And how long ago was that? I've been in the industry for roughly 13 or 14 years now. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Casey, what about you? So, I started as a water boy. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> not really, though. I had a friend who had an indoor grow uh, many, many, many years ago, and I started helping him water, and that was, well, prior to that, obviously, you know, recreationally. Um, so, but, but watering and things like that got, got from there with uh, the indoor lifestyle. 
beat my head against the wall, and then we switched to um, manufacturing. So uh, started uh, manufacturing um, lots and lots of cannabis, and um, eventually grew up a knowledge of um, different parts of manufacturing and how to separate different cannabinoids. Um, going down that path, uh, all the way down to distillation and, and all of the many different concentrates that we have now today. So uh, a large part of my background is in cannabis manufacturing. <clears throat> um, but been a part of the supply chain all the way through. So um, if, if we didn't have anything to manufacture that day, we go out and find stuff to manufacture. So uh, being a part of the supply chain starting on um, all the way through to uh, we didn't have anything to manufacture that day, but we've already manufactured something. We had to go figure out how to sell it, right? So I then had to go out and sell it. So uh, all the way through uh, start to finish uh, part of the supply chain and manufacturing. Um, so it's pretty much about good. You do a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah, okay. Um, and we actually had a really interesting question come in today that I was like, oh, this is a good one. Um, people want to know, what does a day in the life look like for you? So I'll let Casey actually start that one off because I know that you you wear a lot of hats, you do a lot of different things, but what? let's talk about an average week maybe for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what day are we talking about? Yeah. Can we Because uh, as we all probably know, anyone that's, that's in the industry, it changes on a minute by minute basis maybe. Um, so some of the days are spent in the lab finding out what's going on, efficiencies, uh, equipment, things like that. Some of the days are out on farms trying to gather material. Um, some of the days are in stores because we have products like can strips that, that uh, need a home and, and, um, and need some love. So, um, I mean, pick a day and that, that's, that's uh, a little bit of, of what I'm doing. So some of the time is spent in the lab some of the time is uh, spent on the computer, some of the time is spent in retail stores and distribution centers. Um, I mean, we, we hold five different licenses now, so we're constantly working with every part of the supply chain to try and fit the needs for, for our business. Uh, man, I just spend a lot of time on my computer and on my phone these days. Not like it used to be. A lot of emails, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of time. You know, I, I do business development for Space Station now. Uh, originally, um, I worked on getting our license. Um, we actually you know, made record time in, in uh, getting awarded our, our manufacturing license. And uh, you know, so I spent a lot of time figuring out how to create you know, security plans and waste management plans and all the various uh, you know, requirements of, of licensure. Uh, and now I'm spending my time, uh, you know, developing relationships with, with co-packing clients and, and pretty soon I'll be out there pushing products to the dispensaries as well and, and building relationships there. So a lot of time on the computer and on the phone mostly these days. I love my job. <laughs> I spend the majority of my day on the road meeting with retail partners and spending time in these locations really interfacing with the end consumer. Um, I call them patients. I personally believe that everyone is a medical user, whether they know it or not. Um, and it's great, I get to talk to them about what they're choosing to medicate, why they're choosing to medicate that way, and expose them to Henry's Original if they're interested in flower, and really bring forward our um, Lakeville community to the broader population. Great. 
there was a follow-up to that first question, which was, if there was one thing that you could change, just one thing that you could change about your day-to-day -day now, what would that be? I wish I had more power to solve problems. Um, with the regulated market, there come extra hiccups in supply chain, and when things go wrong in one area, it's very rare that those that are feeling the effects have the opportunity or the ability to actually solve it. So if I could figure out one thing to do, it would be solve problems faster. Consume on site. <laughs> Sparkling waters, our, our nectar drink is, is 
as good or better than any LaCroix that I've ever had and gives you the most pleasant buzz. Um, you know, we have a can we're going to have the first regulated, uh, the first uh, infused kombucha in the regulated market coming uh, to the market pretty soon. Uh, we have uh, a five-hour energy uh, functional concentrated tea shot with functional cannabis oil. So we're pairing functional tea with functional cannabis oil and a five-hour energy functional shot. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really trying to create something for everybody. Um, we're really excited about the infused wines because, uh, like I said earlier, a sessionable beverage, I think, is, is something that uh, is something that, that is needed out there. I mean, a lot of the drinks out there, uh, if I were to guess at, at why they came up with these drinks, it's they were trying to figure out where to put some more oil, and so they figured out how to cover the taste up with some sugary, uh, you know, berry flavored stuff, and, and um, you know, it, 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 a lot of them don't taste good, and, and, and the drinks that we're bringing to market are, are really, they taste amazing. In fact, we're gonna be bringing out some really cool strain-specific seltzer waters that are uh, cannabis flavor forward, so you're actually going to taste uh, the cannabis, and that, that is the flavor and the high. Um, yeah, everybody. Awesome. And just to clarify, are all of those going to be uh, branded under the space station name? No, so um, we have uh, the, the kombucha and the tea shots are under the space station name. Uh, our seltzer water is uh, nectar seltzer water. Um, and, uh, and then we're a contract manufacturer as well. So a lot of the infused wines that we're doing, uh, we're gonna be doing infused wines for several different brands. I mean, we're very focused on the wines and the sessionable beverages. Um, and uh, yeah. Awesome, thank you. Sunny, who is your ideal customer? And, who, and tell us a little bit about the Amira now. Uh, so the Amira device is a brand new way for people to experience flour without having to carry around a lighter, a grinder, um, any of the accoutrement that can be kind of uh, inhibitory for new consumers or those that are just looking for a discreet experience. So the Omira is a, uh, it's a device that allows you to stick these little cartridges that have been pre-filled with flour right into it. Um, the technology comes from other consumer packaged goods and it's called heat not burn. What you're able to do is excite the cannabinoids and terpenes that you're seeking without actually bringing any of the plant material into the equation. It's a way to bake. It's a way to bake full flour, to taste it, and then once you're done, no waste, everything is biodegradable. Um, I think we have one back there. Can we actually get one of them up here? I just, I just want to be able to hold it up because it's so pretty. It, it, it looks, it, it looks a little questionable. Um, it looks like a, a, a personal. <laughs> about over-medicating and then being sort of stuck. 
sell. It's, um, it really is a cool product, you guys. I'm so thrilled to bring it to market. Thanks to the Yomira team for supporting us in this. Awesome. And um, I guess on that note, uh, if you are catering somewhat to newer or more hesitant consumers, are you seeing um, an equal uh, demand for THC versus CBD? Or is this even available with CBD yet? So um, for the launch of this product, Henry's um, has one of the exclusive rights to produce cartridges for the first year. Um, we're also the only cannabis company that's making CBD flower cartridges for this. Um, Henry's has a robust CBD line. Uh, I myself use it regularly. And we're seeing that it's going to be about a 44% of the total market in 2024. So those that are thinking that it's just a fad might want to reconsider. That is, according to BDS Analytics, actually, um, I believe the number was in the 30s percent that they're, you know, um, CBD, the demand for CBD is going up by 30% every single year right now. Um, and it really is becoming a thing. Casey, are you seeing the same thing with canistrips right now? Because I, I believe you also offer THC and CBD versions of the canistrips. Correct. We do offer a 10 milligram THC and a 10 milligram CBD version. Um, and then soon we'll be coming out with a 
the technical medical term right is buckle. I'll say that. So um, it's basically just a fancy way of basically saying that the strip would go in between your cheek and your gum, uh, work with your saliva, uh, and it goes straight into your bloodstream from there, right? Versus eating an edible and it going through your digestive system, getting processed out through your liver, um, which takes away maybe 40 to 60% of the material that goes through your liver. Um, takes an hour, hour and a half to, to kick in. Um, versus our strip, um, goes straight in your bloodstream from your mouth, right? Dissolves within a, a minute or two um, and goes straight in your bloodstream. Uh, you'll start feeling the effects of it in about 15, 20 minutes, um, which is also the advantage of a buckle um, delivery system. So. Um, that that basically is the, the science <coughs> behind our strip and basically any other edible or, or something that you would do would put in your mouth uh, on the market today. And are you seeing that um, consumers that are going for canna strips are they typically um, edible users that have somewhat converted or are looking for a different effect? Absolutely. Um, <coughs> Purchasing the product, um, I've stood in many of the lines in vendor days and product days at, at stores, which I'm sure a lot of us have. <laughs> and just talking to the consumer, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to buy uh, these chocolates, and I buy them every single time. And, and then they get to learn about canna strips and uh, the price point that they're at, and they're 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 like no, no brainer, right? So. Um, so just the delivery system, just the change in delivery system from eating something to uh, letting it dissolve inside your mouth and the quicker uh, response time um, that it gives the medicine to, to, to enter into their bloodstream, um, as well as the, the length of bioavailability, right? So um, it, you start feeling the effects within 15 to 20 minutes, um, but it lasts about three to six hours. Also, um, so the bioavailability chart on it uh, is a lot different than a bong hit or a vape pen, right? So take a bong hit, you get really high, and then you kind of start to come down, right? Um, this is more of a uh, gradual high, and then it peaks and stays there for four, three to six hours. So it's, it's um, like I said, it's all the way around. It's completely different than anything on the market. Um, and any, any, anybody who's using it will currently is, um, uh, you know, should definitely take a, take a look at it. Awesome. And they are available. They're on the market right now. Absolutely. Uh, if you go to our websites, uh, our website, cannabis.com, uh, we have a store locator map on the website, and mm -hmm. it gives you the, uh, the full range, state, statewide, all from Florida. Fantastic. And Space Station is coming to market very soon. Do we have an idea of when that launch date is going to be? Uh, so our nectar seltzer waters uh, should be in um, should be in the dispensary in about two weeks, right? Um, and then uh, we're going to be going into our first production run of the kombucha in mid-October, uh, and then shortly following will be our tea shops. And we're currently in production on wine. We've been bottling infused wine for a couple weeks now. Uh, Fantastic and sunny. 
The Umira is available now, is it not? The Omira is available now. Uh, you can find Henry's throughout the state. The Omira is currently being carried by dispensaries in LA and the Bay Area, and hopefully after tonight, they'll be available in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Uh, well, stick with us. We'll be back in two minutes. Thank you. Dosage, right? So 
uh, each THC or CBD molecule that we have on a strip is encapsulated by itself, which creates an even spread across the strip. So if people pick up a THC strip, they can cut it in half and you're gonna get five milligrams on one side and five milligrams on the other side. Um, so it's, you know, the technology behind it, um, as far as making um, these products nowadays, yours and, and chemistry's, um, it, it plays a huge role. Um, and, and then beyond that, right, so we, so that's how we make strips, and then going on to packaging, the packaging machine that we use for strips wasn't just sitting on a showroom floor that we could pick up, right? Imagine that. Um, so we had to go find the person that had a machine that was close to it, tell them what we needed, and then work with them in order to perfect that machine. Um, so we're, you know, we, we, we make the batches in large scale um, and we package our, back, our batches in, in large scale. Um, and it's all fully automated, uh, very non-labor intensive. And so technology has played a, a, a huge part in, in how to make canisters all the way through. And just out of curiosity, how much, or a roundabout number, how much has your company actually invested in this technology? I mean, we're all in. Um, so <laughs> we, we each, we told, we, we, you know, we, is our flagship product, right? It's, it's, it's what the company started on. Um, we had no intention of being a manufacturer. We had no intention, uh, well, the company had no intention of being a manufacturer. It had no intention of, of having a grow. It had no intention of doing genetics in a nursery, uh, having a retail. So all of these things just were a product of canisters. Canisters used to be cut on a glass table and hand packaged umpteen years ago, right? Um, it's certainly come a long way because of uh, the, the toughness of finding consistent starting material that was absolutely clean. Um, Canistrips has a zero tolerance versus the state has a certain tolerance for pesticides, right? Um, so it, it's, you know, we have a little bit higher standards because a lot of our background comes from the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, we don't want to be putting anything in the bloodstream that is going to be even remotely close to poisoning um, uh, that patient's body. So. Um, Therein lies, right, Canisters was, was kind of the born brand, and then around that, we had to basically be a vertically integrated company. We have our own genetics. Uh, we start from seed. We uh, have our own cultivation, so we grow our own in-house. That moves over to our manufacturing, uh, where we process all of our own material. That goes over to distribution, which gets distributed out to state of California. So everything that we do that goes into canisters is done in-house. Okay, we've talked a little bit about the machinery that you guys have had to invest in. What does that look like for you guys? And especially as a startup, I know that you successfully were able to partner with some people and raise a little bit of capital, but what does it look like? Traditional beverage packaging equipment. So 
uh, you know, what separates us from a lot of the other guys who are doing infused beverages is, um, first of all, my, my partner over here, Matt, uh, his, his background in beverage. Um, he's, our, he's our beverage guy, and, and he's put together uh, just a phenomenal packaging line that uh, offers a ton of flexibility so we can co-pack, uh, you know, a lot of different packaging formats. You know, we can do cans, we can do bottles, we can do, uh, you know, uh, bottles with a crown cap, we can do bottles with a medicine cap, uh, and so, you know, um, yeah, uh, it, the equipment, is, you know, as far as equipment, you know, we're a couple million dollars in. It takes about that much to survive these days. Um, and I'm going to just pose this uh, to all three of you, whoever wants to jump in. What is one of the biggest hurdles that your company is needing to overcome in order to make it to the next level? What is the next thing that needs to happen for you guys? The biggest issue we're having at Henry's is our need to catch up with demand. Um, we've been selling really well across the state, and of course, if we only know that the industry is getting larger, there will never be fewer cannabis users than there are right now and uh, just find a way to make sure that we continue to supply the highest quality product possible while not um, letting it, anybody go down. So cannabis beverage has some unique challenges uh, in the supply chain in that, you know, from top to bottom, nobody is set up to handle large bulky beverages. Um, you know, for instance, in a sprinter van, which is what most of the distributors are set up with, you could fit a couple million dollars worth of vape carts or, or you know, a couple million dollars worth of, of flour. But you know, uh, even the biggest sprinter van can maybe hold two pallets of beverage, which is you know maybe sixty or eighty thousand um, dollars. So we're having to overcome a lot of hurdles in, in getting our product out to, out to market because of these, you know, uh, these bottlenecks. You know, the, the, the distributors, not only in, in their vehicles, but in just the, the, the limited storage space. I mean, they're, they're, um, they generally don't have a lot of space into, you know, we can pump out 10 to 20 pallets of beverage every single day, and, uh, and most distributors just can't take, you know, 100 pallets of beverage a month. Um, and, uh, you know, I think another challenge besides the supply chain issues is that there's just some crappy beverages out there who've kind of given a bad, uh, you know, left a bad taste literally in, in, in <laughs> And so uh, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, the products that we're bringing out and, and changing people's minds. Love it. Anything else that I can see? Um, Is everything um, hunky-dory over there at Candy Strips Land? The last piece of our, our puzzle Um, which is down the street from our facility down south. So, um, you know, that, that, that really allows us to um, bring can strips to the, to the end user. Uh, we're we're going to have a delivery uh, attached to that as well. So we'll be able to, to, to bring can strips to, to the end user for, um, you know, which our target goal was always to bring um, a fast-acting, um, great-performing um, strip to allow people to medicate for the lowest price possible, right? So, um, you know, right, it's going to fit right in that one to two dollars per strip range, right? Um, with all your sweet California taxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
um, you know, that's that's kind of the last piece of, of, uh, of the puzzle. Fantastic. And once you have a dispensary, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more feedback on your product. But for now, just to wrap up this conversation, um, and I know, Makai, at least you can speak to this from your own personal experience, but what is the best testimonial that each of you has received about your products? <laughs> wow. They taste amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to try this drink. Uh, what are your new project to experience when they have to serve people in your 
what regulatory hurdles are we projected to experience? Um, some of the things we're currently experiencing are the packaging rules. Uh, you know, the packaging rules were developed uh, to protect kids from you know gummies and brownies. Um, and so, for instance, our beverages have to be packaged in opaque packaging, and it's like this liquid looks like just any other liquid that you know. And and so you know, it's that that's one issue. The 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 resealable closure, you know, any of our multi-dose drinks, anything that has more than 10 milligrams in it, has to have a resealable closure for the life of the package. And that is a nightmare. I mean, we're literally having to put a medicine cap onto a wine bottle, and uh, it's, it's absurd, so. Um, I want to jump in and second you. Um, cigarette packs come in cellophane, and we know how many people have lost their lives due to their use. It seems outrageous that we haven't taken a more realistic approach to packaging cannabis. And I'll third that. The, <laughs> <laughs> the packaging requirements, I mean, we sell 10 strips per pack for the sole reason that we cannot fit all of the regulation stuff on the small can of strips package that it comes in. We would love to sell them per strip, but it just won't all fit. Do we have more questions? Right here. Yeah, just a question about the um, sessionable drinks. What does that look like as far as um, you know, per drink or per bottle? Price point? No, uh, I'm sorry, like sessionable as far as, I was assuming you meant when you said sessionable, like amount of THC per so uh, when I talk about sessionable beverages, I'm talking about like a bottle of wine that you can session with your friends, right? Um, you know, the cannabis-infused wine is going to be the new joint. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as uh, the potencies, you know, in order to be a sessionable beverage, I'm talking about something you can share with your friends, and so it's going to be anything with more than 10 milligrams. Some of our sessionable beverages are going to have, uh, you know, as low as 20 milligrams per bottle of wine, and then we're gonna have some drinks that have 100 milligrams per, uh, per beverage, uh, and then everywhere in between. Um, and then, uh, because the, the way that we process the oil, we make these nano emulsions, uh, you know, kind of similar to the can of strips, uh, the bioavailability is so much higher, so interestingly enough, um, the bioavailability is like two to six times more potent than, than if you uh, were to consume cannabinoids in, in another form. So um, we can actually, uh, you know, we, we recommend people start with like two or three milligrams uh, per drink. And, and for instance, our seltzer water is five milligrams and I mean, it gets it going. Low and slow. Low and slow. <laughs> we, got we got one last question back there, go That's, ahead. Um, so I know a few brands in the area, kind of California, and um, a lot of them are raising capital. Serious capital, 10, 15, 20 million bucks. Is anybody on the panel, have you guys raised capital? And if so, where did the money come from? You guys want to disclose that? You're more than welcome to ask any questions. All of our financials are publicly traded. You can find them. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, you're yeah, public yeah, no, right? right? Yeah, right. So, um, yes, we, we are a publicly traded company. We have raised capital, um, and all of that stuff is. is online and, and available for uh, anyone to, to go look at. Um, so, 
that, that's one way to do it, right? The other way would be private funding, right? So um, you, you've kind of got two, two avenues to go down um, if anyone's looking to get into the business. Um, obviously the publicly traded route is a little more paperwork heavy, so to speak. Um, so that's kind of the, the two avenues. So, uh, my company is privately funded. Uh, I actually, uh, my partner and I, my co-founder Matt over here, we found some partners who were actually gonna be doing uh, distribution, and then they heard about what we wanted to do and, and you know wanted to catch this train. Uh, so, we're completely self-funded within our group. Uh, we are 100% debt-free, and we're doing the lean startup method. I mean, we spent a couple million bucks, but uh, you know, we're not taking on debt. We're, we're, you know, trying to build as much value in our company as we can. Um, you know, before the big guys come in and, and want to buy us out, which we're, you know, opposed to. We're gonna, we, we really see that cannabis beverage is is gonna be the future. Um, and so, yeah, we're we're all in on this and, and keeping the money tight. Henry's was founded by a group of farmers who pooled their money together to compete against uh, big marketing and bad weed that we saw proliferating through the industry. And we recently closed $11 million. Um, there was actually a Forbes write-up about that rather recently. Um, if you're interested in learning the group that we worked with, I'm happy to speak with you afterwards. All right, any other questions? I think we're done. There's uh, refreshments in the back. And once again, thank you all for being here. And thanks to our panelists and our hostess, uh, Eliza Maroney. We'll see you